Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. The podcast where we watch, rate, recap, do a lot of stuff. Just we watch stuff. We just watch stuff. We're just watching all the things. We're watching every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm Hannah. I'm your host, and I'm very unpracticed at this part because my co-host Steve. Hello. He's here too. He usually does this part. Um so this week's episode's gonna be a little bit different. We decided last week that we were gonna do a quote unquote freaky Friday episode where we kind of do a role switch. Um, I'm usually not the person speaking at the beginning of this podcast, and I feel like I'm already ruining it. <laughs> I don't think you're ruining it. It's not so much Freaky Friday as it is we've slipped into an alternate dimension. How's that for a wow. tie-in with this week's movie? Tying it back to the movie, and we watched Into the Spider-Verse 2018 this week. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, an excellent movie, one of my all-time favorites. An animated film. Usually Absolutely. usually not my favorite. If you're familiar with my taste in films, they are not usually animated unless it's talking animals. Um, Astro Boy, right in the trash. Ant Bully, garbage. Uh, Ant Bully was talking animals, so uh, I barely. take it back. <laughs> P- Pixar talking animals. Right, right, right. Anyway, I really liked this one. Steve loves this movie. And we thought it would be fun to switch roles because Steve did a lot of research, um, some behind the scenes stuff to learn about some background on Nick Cage's character, Spider-Man Noir, yes, in this man. film. Mm-hmm. Um, so a brief recap, I guess, of this movie before we get into some behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> this movie is, like I said, an animated movie, very interesting animation style. I would consider it mm-hmm. kind of like a comic book, um, oh, yeah. an elevated comic book. Mm-hmm. And it is about Spider-Man in many different dimensions coming together together. Apparently, there are Spider-Men in multiple universes. They all come together to fight the bad guys in our current universe, I think is the best way to describe it. And Nick Cage is one of those Spider-Men that appears. Many different uh, flavors of (laughs) Spider-Man. Like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors and textures. Dark flavor. He is the dark flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So with that, I will let Steve do some behind the scenes stuff, some uh, of the box office uh, uh <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> really struggling here do you here. pay attention to me at all uh, when i do this part of the this i'm podcast? usually like still doing research while you're talking <laughs> frantically writing down notes yeah which i was doing during the movie and man i have a newfound respect for you <laughs> because we're gonna struggle through this i'm going to need your help a lot i will be glad to help you i've seen this movie a million times by now but yeah i'll start with some of the numbers as we usually start these podcasts off. So Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the official official title. It was released in December of 2018, which I think you already mentioned. It is is our 91st Nicolas Cage movie. It is also our last 2018 Nicolas Cage movie. It is our last 2018 Nicolas Cage movie, because like I said, December 2018. Mm -hmm. So we will talk some 2019 stuff next week. I am sure of it. This movie has an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb and a whopping 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that the highest we've had so far? It is the highest we've had so far that has a Rotten Tomatoes ranking. 
So some high quality flicks that do not have a Rotten Tomatoes ranking. Best of Times, Never on Tuesday, Dark, The Boy in Blue, Time to Kill, Industrial Symphony Number 1, The Dream of the Broken Hearted, and Vengeance, A Love Story. Oh my god. So some real winners there. <laughs> yeah, so very highly ranked among yeah. the critics. Yeah, critics love this movie uh, so much so that it was not only a box office success, grossing over $370 million worldwide, uh, based on a $90 million budget. Wow. So it did really well, made Certainly its money did. back, and then some. A big smash hit for Sony Pictures. Uh, but also, it was not just a box office success, but it was a, or, um, it was a critical success, winning the Oscar for best animated picture i feel like that's so hard to compete against the disney and pixar ones it is the first movie since happy feet wow to win in the best animated film when a disney or pixar like movie was also a, yeah against one that was also nominated so what what was nominated that year incredibles 2 wow that was a good that was movie. A really good movie yeah so i i thought that was pretty interesting best animated best did it, animated did it win any other oscars no, that was it for the Oscars. It won other animation awards gotcha. and things of that nature. But I was wondering if like the soundtrack was nominated. Oh, it may have been. I, I didn't get I didn't I didn't see that. But the soundtrack is incredible. It's a lot of post Malone and <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> uh this film was produced by Lord and Miller, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, not important. I don't remember his first name, but those guys also uh, wrote, directed a whole bunch of movies that people know and love. The Lego movie, 21 Jump Street. They were also briefly tied to a Star Wars movie, which they got cut from because they made it too funny. (laughs) A little fun fact for you. They were going to direct the Han Solo movie, and then they were like, you guys Um, are too funny. Like the origin story? Yeah. Interesting. And then then they... They cut them out because they were like, this is not what we want. They like made it farcical. Yeah. So they turned over to Sony Pictures to direct or to produce a Marvel movie and won an Academy Award. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, exactly. And I think the humor does this movie well. Oh, absolutely. If it weren't, yeah. Like if it weren't so goofy, I don't think it would have done as well. Oh, yeah. If there were no humor, even less humor than what is already in Mm -hmm. here. You're absolutely right. I don't think it would have resonated as well. I think one of the things in Spider-Man movies that they usually get wrong is that in the comics, Spider-Man's usually really funny. You mm-hmm. know, when he puts on the mask, he becomes more confident in himself and he makes sort of quips at the bad guys and things for the enjoyment of the reader or the viewer in this case. Yeah. And I think they nailed that in this movie. For sure. And also, I think they also, 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 they, they also, 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 they also, <laughs> they also nail, especially in the main character, Miles Morales, who will talk about the age of Spider-Man. Yes. And I think they nailed that like in the Tom Holland movies, but they definitely yeah. didn't in no. the original You, you remember the opening scene of the original <laughs> Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire? He was graduating high school. He was yeah, like no. 32. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then how sense. old was... Uh, Andrew Garfield Andrew was Garfield, in like his yeah. mid to late like, 20s or something. Okay, yeah. They both look... They both just don't look like Spider-Man. Each Spider-Man <laughs> has gotten one thing right. The live-action Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire is not attractive. No. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Andrew Garfield is like, you know, thin, I guess, would be Andrew Garfield. And that's Tom, all he gets. That's all he gets. You hate those movies. And Tom Holland is age-appropriate. Yeah. Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield are both way too, too attractive. handsome. Yeah. <laughs> and Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire both bulked up way too much i thought actually tom holland's pretty good he's, he's not too 
He's not. He's, he's not cut, but he's yeah. like. Yeah, he's cut, but he's yeah. not. He's not beefy. He's not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because it was such a big draw to have Batman and Superman movies at the time of the original Spider-Man movie. They were like, all right. Literally, I remember an interview with Tobey Maguire where they were like, "You have to be in the gym." twice a day for like eight hours a day eating like the rock diet (laughs) yeah literally putting (laughs) boiled chicken breasts in a blender and drinking it no way that's what that's what celebrities do to bulk up to get their caloric intake it's broccoli and chicken they drink chicken sometimes they can't physically like keep chewing so they like all right well i'll drink it because i need to get my calories in and it has to be chicken and broccoli why can't it just be a protein shake right too much sugar yeah Oh yeah, pretty God. much. So the Ooh. reason that they get so cut is because they're incredibly dehydrated. So that they're But skin... they're drinking chicken. <laughs> they're doing, well, they must not, be so hydrated. They're not putting water in it. Yeah. How is it blending? They, they're they so rich. They have, I was going to say, like, yeah. my blender would never, but I'm poor. Well, yeah. so. <laughs> we have, like, a 12-year-old ninja. <laughs> yeah. Like a Mach 1 Cost ninja. Like $50. Yeah. <laughs> From 1982. <laughs> yeah, lit- It's the first generation uh blender yeah i didn't expect us to go around this go down this road but i do also remember an interview with tom holland who was doing a dehydrating process where he said he was drinking like eight liters of water a day so that his body gets accustomed to peeing and peeing and peeing and peeing and then he stops drinking water for like a week or as like as long as he can so that his body's still peeing and peeing is it like a placebo effect for your body to keep peeing more of a pavlovian effect oh that makes sense so that it's this response to something and so his body's just used to peeing so that he's losing all of his water weight so that Uh, he looks shredded don't they always get like drunk too the night before yeah that's another method is they just rip shots of vodka the night before and they get crazy drunk so that they're dehydrated the next morning so that they look shredded i wonder if nick did that for ghost rider yeah i don't really think that was him i, I think still it think it was a body double or like they photoshopped it or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess we'll never know yeah so nick is not the only voice actor in this movie how's this for a tie-in he's not the only voice actor in this movie to play a live action marvel superhero Haley steinfeld will be taking on the mantle of uh hawkeye she played the voice of spider gwen yeah oscar isaacs who plays a voice at the very end spoiler alert he is Spider-Man 2099 at the very end. He is going mm-hmm. to be playing Moon Knight in the upcoming Moon Knight series. Mahershala Ali plays um, one of the lead antagonists, the Prowler. He is now going to be Blade. Oh, okay. And I think there's uh, one cool. more. Chris Pine was in Wonder Woman. Chris Pine was in Wonder Woman. He's in this. Jake Johnson was in Jurassic Park. That's close enough. He's in this. Liev Schreiber was Sabretooth in a terrible Wolverine movie. That's close enough. That movie's like a fever dream for superhero fans. That movie's terrible. Post Malone likes Olive Garden. Post Malone so likes that. Olive Garden. <laughs> he is super Olive Garden. Throwing blood, breadsticks. At... Your fa- when you're here, your family. He, that... o- he owns that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't th- okay. So we're referencing. <laughs> <laughs> we're referencing a J- Jimmy Fallon interview <laughs> from like just so three off years topic. ago. Because I think Post Malone had never been to Olive Garden. No, he loves Olive Garden. Oh, okay. So he wanted to take Jimmy there. Because when you're there, you're family. Yeah. Yeah. And Olive Garden at the time had just changed their slogan. Mm. And Jimmy Fallon purchased the rights to when you're here, you're family or whatever it is. And then gifted it to Post Malone. (laughs) What podcast is this? What are we talking about? (laughs) This is the Post Malone Olive Garden podcast. (laughs) Nicolas Cage. This is through Nick and Thin, the podcast where we watch rate and rank oh my God. in chronological order. 
Oh my god. Um, a few more background things mm-hmm. on this movie, if you don't mind. No, please. Uh, honestly, like go as long as you can because <laughs> I'm nervous. a little bit nervous. No worries. <laughs> So Brian Michael Bendis is a comic book creator who created the character of Miles Morales, which I have this book sitting right here. He also co-created the Marvel Ultimate Universe. So when Miles Morales was created, it was this sort of side branch of the Marvel comics. But in this side branch, they said, Peter Parker dies. And people lost their fucking minds mm-hmm. <laughs> when this happened. Uh, when In the he... 60s? No, no, no. This this was, oh my gosh, I don't know. Recent? Yeah. 90s, early 2000s? Somewhere around there. I could look it up, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah. So just, you know, 20, 30 years ago or so was when all of this happened. So Brian Michael Bendis co-created the Marvel Ultimates Universe with Mark Millar who wrote Kick-Ass. How's that for a segue? Another Which Nicolas Nick Cage, Cage movie. was in. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Uh, this movie required, I've seen mixed answers or mixed numbers on this, somewhere between 140 and 180 animators, which is the most for a, Sarvel, a Sony Marvel animated movie. It is just, it, it's like a masterpiece. Like it it's is great. just so well animated. And now, I usually say that about Pixar movies, but this is just so different. Yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like this before. It's it's incredible. They really do a great job of bringing, I think you mentioned earlier, bringing the comic book to the screen, which yeah. was something it's that... It's really, like, yeah. bringing a comic book to life in, like, the most literal way possible. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, th- there have been movies in the past that try and use panels mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. and, like, thought bubbles in movies, yeah. but it's never been great. An onomatopoeia to... <laughs> yeah, like a pow and a bang and a yeah. zoom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was really important to nail that. Like Lord and Miller said, it's really important for us to nail that. And they nail it. They absolutely do. Spot on. I've been giving Lord and Miller a lot of uh, airtime here, but I do want to very briefly note the names of the directors. Bob Persichetti... Peter Ramsey, and, oh, it's making me click, Rodney Rothman. Uh, So two of those guys had never directed anything before, and I think one of the guys, I I, I don't recall which one, had only directed a few small things before. So these are all pretty new directors, Mm -hmm. um, which is really impressive, I thought. But like I said, it is produced by Lord and Miller, who had done the Lego movie, so they knew a little bit about what they were doing. Yeah, and I'm sure it's way different to direct an animated film than it is to direct a live-action film. Oh, absolutely. Like, completely different skill set required. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot to mention, we were talking about Tobey Maguire. He was considered for a voice role in this movie not of nick like, cage's role but like, of like one the of the original spider-man yeah yeah that would have been really cool but they said they didn't want to confuse the audience so they they didn't even reach out to him i don't think oh yeah i know i know i don't think it would have been confusing because any like any person old enough to recognize that it's toby Maguire shouldn't be confused by this you know what i mean yeah i just think that like especially with the way the script was in the beginning i don't think what i think they wanted was to not get nerds all hyped up because nerds would be like oh it's toby Maguire, so this is the same universe as the other one oh, like oh yeah, but what okay, about the right, universe gotcha. you're breaking the universe and like so people would focus too much on the wrong thing yeah i <laughs> yeah, see okay yeah. I, that's what i think they were going for so this movie as i mentioned several times came out in late 2018 both stan lee and steve ditko died in the year 2018 stan lee is the famous marvel creator 
He's created loads of comic book characters, but Steve Ditko, I think, is really under underrated. He he was the artist for Spider-Man. Hmm. When Stanley created Spider-Man, he knew he didn't need the the same old thing that that every other character he created had. So he recruited this, like a cape, <laughs> like a cape. <laughs> so he recruited somebody who he thought could do something weird and something different. Cool. Steve Ditko. Uh, this is Stanley's last voice acting role. And if you pay close attention, he is apparently animated into every train because the really? animators knew that the trains were always going to be moving quickly oh. and they didn't want to like animate different people. So they just stuck Stanley in like every seat in every train. <laughs> like 15 times. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it was moving quickly enough. Yeah, that's cool. There is a sequel planned for April or actually, no, it got pushed to October 2022, I believe. Mm. And that will include voice actors such as Takoya Yamashiro and Issa Rae. Now, Takoya Yashimiro. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yamashiro, sorry. <laughs> he played Spider Man in like a knockoff Japanese version of Spider Man oh, in cool. like a 1970s movie. Wow. Yeah. So he's old. <laughs> yeah, or it might have been like early 90s at the latest. So he's it's like old school. That's they went cool. deep. So he's been confirmed. But nerds aren't going to be confused about that universe? No, I think they understand that that's just a good callback. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Issa Rae, she's a great actress as well. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's going to be voicing Spider-Woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, we've got some really good stuff to look forward to. So now on to Nicolas Cage. Yes, let's hear about him. Nicolas Cage claims that he based his performance on Humphrey Bogart as well as some old detective novels. Yeah. And could I definitely see that. Yeah. What I think is really Sherlock funny. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. And so his look is based a lot sort of on Sherlock Holmes. In the comic book, which is sitting right next to me, he doesn't wear a fedora, but in this movie, he wears a fedora. <laughs> I love that he wears a fedora. Absolutely. And so in the comic book as well, when they do the Spider-Verse team up, all of the modern Spider-Man call Spider-Man noir Bogart. And he's like, mm. I don't know what you're talking about. So he really modeled his voice. I, I don't know if it was a coincidence or if he just did his research and was like... I mean, come on. He loves this shit. I'm he sure does. he did his research. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's a comic book fiend. Oh, absolutely. Nicolas Cage. Uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I feel like we may have. We probably did. But speaking of Spider-Man, Nicolas Cage was in the running to play the Green Goblin yeah, in the first Spider-Man movie. We've talked about, we've talked about we, it. Okay. Uh, we both agree that Willem Dafoe looks like lo looks like the Green Goblin, so yeah. it makes sense that he was cast as that role. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it would have been pretty interesting to see him as a Spider-Man villain. Honestly, like I could kind of see him as Doc Ock. Yeah, I could see that, especially because nowadays, at least, what, with the way Nicolas Cage is, he doesn't he he doesn't have to be too mobile as Doctor Octavus because <laughs> it's mostly the arms, and Nicolas Cage is in what do you say? bad He's shape. Immobile. He's basically immobile. Handicapped. I mean, come on, they got Alfred Molina to be a great Doc Ock, and that dude's like, <laughs> he's not ripped. No. Yeah. So I agree with you. <laughs> um. There was a weird interview series that I watched on YouTube and you overheard briefly. Nothing really major came of it, but I did always feel like he was just about to cry after every sentence. Aww. I don't know. Just his voice was like, I based Spider-Man off of some old detective novels. He's emotional. He's about really emotional. This. He loved it. Yeah. He did say, I immediately said yes, because to me, Spider-Man is the ultimate 
It's the reason the Marvel Universe is the way it is, oh. so that's why I said yes. So I don't know if he, again, knowingly threw in the word ultimate in there, knowing that Miles Morales comes from the ultimate universe. But, oh, yeah. clever. I don't know if he, uh, I don't know, I don't if, know he, if he's sharp enough to, he either did throw that in there, a ton of homework for a small role, or he did almost nothing and got really lucky. No, I'm sure he did a ton of homework. I just mean in that interview for him to say ultimate as like a play on words, mm. he would have really had to like plan that because I'm not sure if that would have come to anyone on the spot. Yeah, probably not. Like, that's yeah. so niche. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Han, I have one more thing that I need to reveal to oh you. Oh, my God. Okay. Is this like a 2018 it, thing? No, it's not okay, a Nicolas Cage right. thing at all. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how sometimes... <laughs> I know. You know how sometimes I get... I like to have a few drinks, and I like to go on Amazon. And, and like I, buy things. And I like to buy a whole bunch of things. For me, usually. For, usually for you, because yeah. you put stuff in the Amazon cart, and you figure, eh, maybe I'll buy this later. I'm not really sure. And then I go on the yeah. Amazon cart and be like, I want to buy Hannah stuff when I'm drunk. I call you Hannah. That's <laughs> my name. So the other day, in preparation for this podcast, I went out and I bought the complete collection of Spider-Man Noir. Mm-hmm. I came home and realized <laughs> that I had gotten drunk and bought a cop <laughs> the exact same copy of spider-man noir oh so you went out to a comic book store and purchased it mm-hmm. and then you also got drunk and went on amazon and purchased it, it, purchased it. it. so, so now we have two copies yeah should we give it away to a fan <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing i was gonna I was, we can sign it <laughs> i was gonna say this way i can read it twice <laughs> that's my usual joke yeah we can sign it that would be funny. We could give away. Hi, we can give away both copies for all I care. I read through it pretty quickly. It was it was a breezy read, but it was kind of fun. All right. Well, if you're interested, DM us. DM us. Well, at through Nick and Thin on well, Instagram. If we get a lot of, we're not going to. We won't. First come, first serve. <laughs> so that's all I've got for you behind the scenes, Han. How did I do on your usual segment? I think um, you were probably more successful than I will be at your part. So. <laughs> yeah, this is actually kind of nice. All I have to do now is sit back and relax. No, you're going to have to fill in a lot of the gaps because <laughs> okay. I have a horrible memory. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right, let's get started. So we don't see Nick until like 30 minutes into the movie. So I'll recap what happens in the beginning just for some background context. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe we should say before we start this movie, we've said it a few times, but Watch this movie. This movie's yeah, great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Super fun. But if you don't have All time... All ages. I think my parents even liked this yeah. when they saw it. But if you don't have time, then that's what you're doing here. And we'll recap it briefly for you. Um, but we'll only recap Nick Cage Nick scenes. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Would still recommend watching. Anyway, so this movie starts on the Spider-Man that we know and love, the Spider-Man that we've seen before in the red costume, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the Tobey Maguire. The Spider-Man is voiced by Jake Gyllenhaal? No, uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Another standard handsome white guy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know why I thought of Jake Gyllenhaal. Irrelevant. He's in another Spider-Man movie. He is. So we see the Spider-Man that we know and love. He is voiced by Chris Pine. He's wearing the red costume that we are all familiar with. He explains that he got bit by a radioactive spider and one thing led to another and now he's Mm Spider-Man. So the main conflict here is that there's a bunch of bad dudes and they're conspiring to open a portal to many other universes to get Mm -hmm. the big bad dude, Kingpin, 
literally big bad dude, never seen a tank so large. <laughs> He's a big boy. It's a beefy boy. Yeah. What is the phrase? Humps like a... What's like dumps a, like a dumps truck? Dumps like a He's truck. He's got dumps like a truck. What, what? Humps like a truck. Thighs like what? 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 Thighs like what? Um, shoulders like, oh my God, <laughs> how or how, where, where you buy clothing that fits you. Yeah. So this big dude lost his wife and son in a car accident and he's looking to like get them back so he figured let me go to a different universe and find that alternate universe version of my wife and my son and bring them back yes so that's like the main conflict and the main spider-man situation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then we get a background story on miles morales Mm. who is this young boy high school age yep yeah 16 or so i would say yep he used, he lives in Brooklyn and he used to go to a public school and he got, you know, some type of scholarship to go to this boarding school. So he's the new kid there. He doesn't have a ton of friends. Um, he meets this girl, uh, this blonde girl. She says her name is Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> they are classmates. <laughs> this is great. I'm loving this. Yeah. yeah. This is painful. Uh-huh. Um. Miles has an uncle, Aaron, who is into some nefarious activity, mm. questionable things. No one's really sure what is going on with him. Um, his Miles's dad is a cop, and I think that they don't get along because it's good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so one night, Miles's uncle says, "Hey, Miles, let's go do some some graffiti art because <laughs> Miles is an artist." <laughs> right, Miles Morales is an incredible student and that's how he won this it's sort of like a lottery but he still had to pass an entrance exam to get into this prestigious school so he's an excellent student and they even reveal that he's like unwillingly getting hundreds in all of his tests but his real passion is art and he loves graffiti and art and he tries to put it up all over town but he tries to tag everything in town and his dad is a cop and is not pleased with with that type of activity from his son Mm -hmm. so his uncle on the other hand also likes to tag things so they sneak into this like subway area and start tagging the wall and do this like really cool art piece and while they're down there miles gets bitten by a radioactive spider yes um he flicks it off like nothing happened the next morning, he's grown a few inches, <laughs> he has spider senses, and he is becoming a Spider-Man, mm-hmm. with the exception of he has some new cool powers that we've never seen in the mm-hmm. regular Spider-Man before. Mm-hmm. He can turn invisible, yes. and he also has like electromagnetic waves or something. Yeah, he can like ca- shock people. Yeah, they call it a venom strike. He can When he touches people, he can like shock them, mm-hmm. yeah, electrocute them essentially. Yeah. So he has some like pretty cool powers yeah so he goes to school and he's confused about what's going on with his body he keeps blaming <laughs> it on puberty which is pretty funny mm-hmm. um and then he runs into wanda this girl that he goes to school with and he gets stuck to her because he can't figure out how to get his fingers unstuck from her mm-hmm. um it's a cute scene it's it's adorable uh he runs away because he's panicking and scared and he doesn't know what to do So he goes back to the site where he got bitten by the spider and this below ground like subway thing is right next to the collider, which is the mechanism for all the bad guys trying to open up portals to other dimensions. Yes. And this is when Miles runs into the Spider-Man. Chris Pine. The Chris Pine Spider-Man. 
the red Spider-Man. <laughs> the Taylor Swift Spider-Man. T- yeah. Weird. I thought we cut that part out. <laughs> I had a whole a whole thing where I thought that Spider-Man was Jake Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal Don't worry and Taylor about it. Swift. We'll leave it in. It's fine. Had a love I'll, affair. I'll cut, I'll cut around it. It's All right. fine. <laughs> um... So he runs into Chris Pine Spider-Man and Chris Pine Spider-Man is fighting the bad guys and um, Miles Morales runs into him and Chris Pine Spider-Man senses that Miles Morales also has powers and he's like, oh my God, you're just like me. Stick with me, kid. We'll, we'll save the world together. And then Chris Pine gets got by the big dude, mm-hmm. the kingpin uh, dumps like a truck man. Yes. <laughs> um, but importantly, while the collider is going, dumps like a truck man's family's DNA is not in the collider. It gets knocked out and Spider-Man himself gets knocked into the collider. So rather than bringing in the family from mm-hmm. Dumps, mm-hmm. Mrs. Dumps like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Dumps. And little dumps like a truck. Master dumps like a little, truck. Little dumps. <laughs> little dumps. Alternate versions of Spider-Man get brought in. Yes. But we don't see them right, Not right away. away. Um, so I think the next thing that happens is Spider-Man is presumed dead. The Chris yes. Pine Spider-Man. The whole city mourns his death. Miles Morales is particularly upset because he was there when he died and he feels like, oh, I should have done something like I should have used my powers. What do I do? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go visit his grave and like pay my respects to him. So he shows up to his grave and who does he see but a weird version of Chris Pine's Spider-Man played by Jake Johnson from New Girl, Nick from New Girl, um, who looks very similar facially Mm-hmm. but is different enough that he can tell that it's not actually him. Yeah. And it turns out that he was brought in through that portal collider shit mm-hmm. to <laughs> this universe that Miles Morales lives in and um, has been following, I guess, Miles around. I think he also went to the grave oh, yeah. at the okay, same yeah. time. That yeah. makes sense. So he yeah. went to the grave. So the- they meet. Yeah, so the Chris Pine version of Spider-Man that is now deceased, he states that he has been Spider-Man for about 10 years mm-hmm. it, since he was 16 and he died when he was 26. The Jake Johnson version of Spider-Man, he's, they do a little flashback, a funny little flashback sequence of him, and he says that he's been Spider-Man for 20 years. So he is much more jaded <laughs> to being Spider-Man. Yep. And he's like got a gut and he's been through a divorce. Yeah, yeah. He and Mary Jane got divorced. His version of Aunt May died. Like it's all yeah. this tragic shit that he's like scarfing down pizza while like half assing saving the world. Like <laughs> and he gets blown into this other dimension and comes face to face with Miles Morales. Right. So he's got this complex a bit where he's very like like Steve said, very jaded by being Spider Man and yeah. He's not super interested in saving this universe. He kind of just wants to go home at this point. Yeah. Um, but somehow Miles, I guess, convinces him or maybe he sees a little bit of himself in Miles and he decides to help him. Yeah, exactly. And um, he knows the only way to get home is back through the collider. Right. So in order to stop the collider, 
we're doing a lot of talking about stuff that is not Nick Cage, but that's okay. I know, but you need, I feel like you need all yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in order to stop the collider, you need what they call a goober because he is so jaded that there's always a world ending device and there's always a USB stick that can stop the device. Yep. And he can never keep track of what they're actually called. So he calls them all a goober. The only place to get the goober is back at the facility where they make the technology for the collider. And uh, I like the HQ for yeah. for dumps like a truck. For dumps like a truck incorporated. So, yeah. So they show up one way or another. They escape with the goober mm-hmm. um, that and, they need. And... The girl from school. Oh, yeah, the girl from school, uh, Wanda, turns out to be another spider person. Spider, spider Gwen. Gwen. Yeah. And she appears and she helps them escape. And then they learn her backstory. Um, she comes from another universe where Peter Parker was her best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but she became the spider person. I don't think Peter Parker was a spider person no. in that universe. Yeah. No. So he was just a dude. And she became spider person. Um, and she's a teenager as well so she's Mm -hmm. um not pretending to be a teenager she actually is a teenager yeah so they decide that they need to go to aunt may's house yeah so they have all the all of the information they need to create a goober to create the goober but but they have the information but they don't know how to create it so they figured well the old spider-man had a way of creating it so we have to go to his house and so they go so they show up to aunt may's not played by marissa tomei (laughs) no i I forget who (laughs) is the old lady version of aunt may uh she's a little feistier it's lily tomlin right oh yeah i think you're right so they show up and Lily Tomlin's like, yeah, let's go downstairs to the lair where everyone else is waiting. And it's like, what do you mean everyone else? And we see that there are not one, not two, but three other spider creature things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> from other universes waiting uh, downstairs for Miles Morales to appear. The first is the girl the asian girl penny parker penny parker she is from the future a future version of the universe where when she got bit by a spider it gave her a telepathic link to the spider so she doesn't exactly have spider powers but her dad is an incredible robotics guy and he made this giant robot spider so Mm -hmm. the the she rides around in the robot spider exactly and the telepathic spider that she keeps alive with her can control the robot as well Mm -hmm. got it then you have Peter Porker. Yes. Who is a little pig. Yes. <laughs> spider pig. Yeah. <laughs> and he's voiced by John Mulaney, mm-hmm. the comedian John Mulaney. And then, of course, the one and only Spider-Man Noir, the man, the myth, the legend, the person we're here to talk about today, played by Nicolas Cage. Absolutely. So they come down from the ceiling. Uh, yeah, because they're all spider people. They're hanging on the ceiling or whatever. And as Nick says, Hey, fellas. Is, is he in black and white? Where's that wind coming from? We're in a basement. Wherever I go, the wind follows. And the wind it smells like rain. Wherever I go, the wind follows. And he clutches his fist. He goes, the wind smells like rain. I love that. They all point out like, oh, he's monochromatic. He he's Is he in black and white? But look at this comic book. That I've got right in front of me. It's not, not black and white. None not, of it's in black and white. Not black and white. It's very disappointing. Yeah, so he's in a black trench coat. I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. He has mm-hmm. a black fedora on. You can't really see his facial features. Right. I think he's a black turtleneck under as well. Yeah, it's sort of... So it's meant to be like a uh, heavy... Like a detective. Yeah, well, he's meant to be 
armored, like, but with heavy leather. So oh, yeah. things that were available in the 1930s. So that it's from sense. the 1930s. So there is... Well, you have to say what page number for our uh, <laughs> our giveaway winner. <laughs> There's original concept art in here, which I wanted oh. to look at. But is it all the way in the back? Oh, yeah, it is. Right, here we go. Okay. So here's some concept art on page. There's no page numbers <laughs> okay, in the back. It's all the way in the back. Um, how how are we going back. to describe this? Can I see? So yeah, you can take a look. Yeah, it's like uh, he- yes. it's heavy leather, and it's mostly. It almost looks black. like a gas mask. Yeah, that like, he's wearing. It's like goggles, and uh, Nicolas Cage said in his interview that I watched, he wears the goggles. He feels to make him look more bug-like. Hmm. Yeah. Spider. Yeah, but in They're the comics. They're aviator goggles. He has an yeah. open trench coat, a holster for his weapons, and then he's wearing a black fedora. Yeah, in the comics, he has a gun, <laughs> but not, okay, in not in this the, not movie. In movie. <laughs> yeah. And he moves in mysterious ways. He sure does. So that's pretty cool. Much like all the other spider people, we learn about these three new spider things. I don't know what's it, spider creatures. Yeah, spider people. Spider, but pig. Oh, um, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, spider people and pig's backstory. Mm. And we learn about Nick's backstory. He says he's from 1933. And he says a line that is... My name is Peter Parker. In my universe, it's 1933. And I'm a private eye. I like to drink egg creams and I like to fight Nazis a lot. <laughs> I like to drink egg creams and I like to fight Nazis a lot. And then he says, and then he says, sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingertips just to feel something, anything. <laughs> <laughs> so reading the comic, Spider-Man Noir is not nearly as moody as he should be. He should be that moody in yeah. the comics, and yeah. he's not. He, I love this version much more than I love the comic book version. It's a, it's, it's, it is a mood if I've ever seen one. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's our introduction to Nick's character. Um, he does. They all do like a very similar backstory thing where they talk about like how they got bit by the spider. He does not mention that. He no. just he just has these quirks where he drinks egg creams and burns his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> he drinks egg creams and burns his fingers. <laughs> so they're trying to figure out how to get themselves back to their own universes. Yes. And they realize that they need to go back through the collider. And that means that one person will need to stay to turn off the collider mm-hmm. so that they can escape. Um, Miles is like, well, it makes sense that I do it. I live here in this universe. I don't need anyone else to do that. And Nick says, Who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's just funny. Like his character is very, very full of himself, I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's probably <laughs> the most, again, in the comics, like if he gets his powers in the comics in the year 1933. But Mm -hmm. then in the movie, he says, I'm from the year 1933 or the 1930s. But it seems as though he is like the most seasoned of all of them. He's been a Spider-Man for decades. Yeah, almost (laughs) even more so than the Jake Johnson Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 So Miles says he's going to stay. Nick is like, who are you again? And then he does this old-timey voice that Steve's going to have to help me out (laughs) with. So so everybody says something along the lines of like, all right, well, if you stay behind, can you do what needs to be done, Miles? Can you... Uh, like, you just became Spider-Man today. Right. 
<laughs> and we've all been Spider-Man for a long time. Right. So how can we be sure that you're going to be able to actually like follow through with this mission right. as planned? Like Penny Parker says, can you decode a motherboard or something? And, and he's like, no, I'm just a kid. <laughs> and, and Spider-Gwen says, can you swing gracefully like a dancer? And he's like, no. And then Nick says... In an old-timey voice. Old-timey voice. What does he say? Okay, little fella. Kingpin's going to send a lot of mugs after you. And I'm talking hard, boys. Real biscuit boxers. Can you fight them all off at once? (laughs) (laughs) Just old-timey slang. Oh, absolutely. Super fun. Which, again, they don't do in the comics. It's very frustrating. Is it because they're not trying to be funny? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so like point. going back to it, I mean, the humor is what makes this and Nick's character is like definitely one of the funniest things. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yes, it is great. Yes, Very it enjoyable. is. It is great. It, 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 is, it is great. great. <laughs> so um, the next thing that happens I have written here is a, the closest thing to a scream that we get. Oh, OK. And he says, surprise attack. That is also in that training montage where mm-hmm. he's like, can you? Can you fight a whole bunch of hard boys, real biscuit boxers? And Miles goes, oh, and then he sweeps his leg and goes, surprise attack. Yeah. And then he also says, Can you close off your feelings so you don't get crippled by the moral ambiguity of your violent actions? Something along those lines. (laughs) (laughs) There is more moral ambiguity in the comics. We'll have to cut this scene in because it's really funny. All right. So they go upstairs into May's house proper since Mm -hmm. they were underground in the lair. And... Somehow Nick acquires a Rubik's Cube. (laughs) Yeah. And this becomes a running theme for the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the funniest part of this is that because he is monochromatic, our assumption is that he is also colorblind. Yes. (laughs) And that his world is also all in black and white. Yeah. So he's looking at the Rubik's Cube and he is colorblind. So he can't figure out how this doohickey works. Yeah. He's got a great interaction with John Mulaney. This is... Purple. Now. Blue. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get ambushed by all the bad people. The big kingpin dumps like a truck. You've got uh, Doc Ock. And then you've got Miles Morales's uncle, who we discover is the Prowler. I think mm-hmm. we skipped over that part, but he is one of the other henchmen. Yeah. Um, do you have any background on the Prowler? Not really. He's somewhat comic accurate he's sometimes a low-level criminal and sometimes he's got rocket boots and big tiger claws he uh so donald glover in one of the tom holland movies is known as a low-level criminal called the prowler who is always he's always miles morales's uncle Mm -hmm. and so in the tom holland movie in spider-man homecoming he says you know to Tom Holland, he says, hey, man, I see you're trying to make this neighborhood a safer place. That's great. I got a, I got a nephew here that I'm trying to protect. So they do set up a little bit of Miles Morales in, in the MCU. But otherwise, that's oh, all wait, I got isn't on the that, uh, Who plays him? Donald Glover. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Childish Gambino. Yeah. That's why I was Childish like, Donald Gambino. Glover yeah, yeah, yeah. is Childish Gambino. And yes. there, there, was a, there was an internet sensation in like 2010 to try to get Donald Glover to be Spider-Man. Really? The, the internet went nuts. There was huge Reddit Is that when Community came out? I think it was around that same time. Mm-hmm. And people were, were dying for Donald Glover to play Spider-Man. And That'd be fact, cool. Yeah, absolutely. But now he's a little bit too old. He's too old, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like if Toby was playing Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so there's actually a scene in this movie in Spider-Verse where 
Uncle Aaron is watching TV and he's watching the episode of Community where Donald Glover is wearing Spider-Man pajamas. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of connections here. I like that. Yeah. I missed that. I must have been writing something down. Yeah, I mean, I missed it too, honestly. So it might be one of those blink and you'll miss it kind Mm -hmm. of things. But apparently that's a nice little Easter egg. So I guess Miles explains to the gang that the Prowler is his Uncle Aaron. And mm-hmm. uh, Nick says, This is a pretty hardcore origin story. Yes. I guess compared to Nick's fighting Nazis origin story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would think that Nazis would be a little bit more hardcore than, than his uncle dying. Just, but yeah. yeah. His uncle hasn't died yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, like I said, all the people show up. They get ambushed. And the Prowler, who does not know that Miles Morales is Spider Miles. I don't know what they're calling him. <laughs> yeah. Um, they end up in a fight together. Miles takes his mask off to reveal to the Prowler, who he knows is his uncle Aaron, that he is his nephew. Uh, Aaron takes his mask off to reveal to Miles that he is his the uncle, prowler. even though he already knows. Yeah. Um, and then Kingpin says... Dumps like a truck. Yeah, dumps like a truck is like you have to kill the kid. And Aaron kind of refuses. So dumps like a truck, shoots him dead. And so Miles go. Morales grabs him, grabs his uncle, takes him to like an alleyway and kind of cries over him. And they have a nice moment together. And um, he leaves. <laughs> he, just, he just walks. He just pieces out. He just pieces. He's gone. Barely torn up about it. No, I'm kidding. He's really torn up about it. Yes. Super sad. He uh, runs back to his dorm room um, right after he, he left his, you know, his dead uncle, and everyone is there to say goodbye because they think that he's probably like emotionally too unstable to handle this at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been Spider Man for like a day, yeah. and they're still not sure that he um, can fight Hard Boy's real biscuit boxers. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, they all start to say goodbye to him, and. Uh, Miles assumes that they all leave and they're all going to go back to their uh, universes and try and figure out a way. So the spider gang goes to the... Where's this banquet at? So this is in the fisk tower which wilson fisk is the real name of kingpin who we've been referring to as dumps like a dumps truck. like a truck yeah so is that above the collider exactly okay so, they, they so know- they're in the building above the collider yes and they know that the collider is going to be run again tonight so they've got to get to right. the collider so they've got to get there so they all show up to this banquet that they're having i guess in honor of the original spider-man mm-hmm. the um chris pine, chris pine spider-man's death and they all show up expecting to need to like be in costume or disguise themselves or something, and they realize that all of the waiters are dressed like Spider Man. Yeah. So it's like very opportune, very simple for them to just put on some uh like bow like ties, bow ties yeah. <laughs> and get a tray and they just pretend to be waiters in order to blend in with the crowd. Yeah. I think even Nick says something along the lines of like It's his lo- idea to pretend to be the waiters. Yeah, he goes Hold on. Get a load of how the waiters are dressed. It's in poor taste, but can't be that easy. Um, so they make it through this banquet and they make it downstairs to where the collider is. They're 
they see that it's being turned on, I guess, by dumps like a truck because he's trying to get his wife and his kid back. That's like his motivation for the entire movie. Yeah. And um, they turn it on and all of the cronies, with the exception of Prowler, who's now dead, appear and they need to fight them. So all the spider people pig. Spider people pig. (laughs) Are fighting the cronies. Nick is fighting Doc Ock and says, Great line. Some great lines. Amazing. Ultimately, they defeat the cronies and... With the help of Miles Morales. With the help of Miles Morales who swings in and he learns how to control his powers and he's... More powerful than than the other ones. Sure. I don't know. He's yeah, they're kinda. all very powerful. Yeah. Um. So they decide that he's going to be the one to hit the button, like the original plan, because he lives in this universe, so it makes sense. And they all want to say goodbye to each other before they have to go. So they say in their goodbyes, and Nick's character says, very out of uh, character for <laughs> Spider-Man Noir, who's very stoic. He says, "I uh, love you all." I'm taking this cube thing with me. I don't understand it, but I will. So they make it back to their separate universes. And then we get a montage at the end of like what they're all up to. Mm-hmm. And we get to Nick and he is playing with his Rubik's Cube. And he finally solves it. He finally solves it, yeah. even though he is colorblind, which right. is very impressive. Yeah. All is right in the world. Yeah. And... There's, of course, a battle at the end between Dumps Like a Truck and Miles Morales. Yeah, but yeah, it all we works can skip over well. that, yeah. you know. Yeah. It all it all works out in the end. Yeah. The good guys win. Dumps Like a Truck loses. Yeah. His family doesn't want him anyway. Yeah. In the alternate universe. Right, right. He gets them and they're like, no, let's get out of here. Who <laughs> yeah. is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, it. Yeah, it's a happy ending. Yeah. And like I said, there's a and, post-credit scene with uh, right. Oscar Isaac's um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099. 2099. 2099. Yeah. So yeah, Nick has a very uh for for um a very tumultuous past and hardcore origin story, a very happy mm. ending. Yeah. Living living in peace with his Rubik's Cube, just yeah. as he wants to be. Absolutely. Wow, that was hard. <laughs> I really struggled through that one. Yeah, that's okay. I thought you did great. Thanks. Yeah. Anytime you want to take over. No, that's good. We we, let's stay in our lanes. Yeah. Stay in our lanes. All right. Sounds good. All right, Steve. Yeah. We got to the end of the movie. Uh Uh-huh. I have a few questions for you. What do you got? Let's do some awards. Great. Do you know the awards off of the top of your head? I don't know the order that you usually run in. But first, I will explain for any of our new listeners. We create some awards at the end of each episode where we give mostly Nick Cage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We award the best and we worst award... moments of Nicolas Cage. Exactly. And Nicolas Cage's co-stars. So I think we start usually with the best supporting actor. That is what we usually start with. Ooh, so I get to pick. Yes. Um, yeah, I think, ooh, see, my gut reaction was to say John Mulaney because... Really? Yeah. I mean, he's funny. Yeah, I mean, but then, because he was... Nick Nicolas Cage and John Mulaney were the humor of this movie. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think Miles is funny. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Shamik Moore in his... Yeah, his, I really like Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Morales. 
And then I was I feel also like, we'd like be remiss to not give it to him. But then I was also like, well, it's Stan Lee's last voiceover. Oh, that okay, that's yeah, good. Yeah. So I don't know. We it's can kind give of a it to Stanley. I think I might have to. Yeah. But like I said, Shamik Moore and and John Mulaney, you know, incredible, and Haley Steinfeld and yeah, Catherine Hahn was great too. Everyone. Yeah, everybody's really good. Even yeah. uh, Liev Schreiber. Yeah, he was alright. Dumps like a truck. <laughs> Uh, in fact, Leah Schreiber and uh, Shamik Moore were like the first two hired. Really? Yeah. It oh, was just funny. like an unnamed villain was Leah Schreiber. Oh, interesting. Okay. So uh, we're giving it officially to Stanley Stan and then unofficially to Shamik Moore? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, next, I think, is Best Dressed. Well, he only wears the one thing. So, <laughs> you know, it's a great look. So yeah. that's it. Should we describe it again? Yeah. I mean, it's that black leather sort of stitched together armored outfit a spider-man mask that's also black with big bug eye goggles mm-hmm. uh black long black trench coat and a black fedora black fedora all right best scene i think we usually go worst scene worst first. scene worst scene Ooh. or do we do best scream no that's towards the end okay uh worst nicholas cage scene I mean, it's, do you do you need me to no, recap for you? No, that's all right. I think I remember the movie. I think for me, them sneaking into the gala mm-hmm. that Where they're all Spider Man that didn't really add much to me. Yeah, so, I think it was kind of goofy. Yeah, and there wasn't a ton of Nicolas Cage. No, and I was also left wondering why does nobody notice that. He's in all black, yeah. and then Spider Gwen looks like that, and then there's a pig. Yeah, like, just yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is obviously unrealistic because yeah, we're talking course. about multiple dimensions and multiple like spider things. But that really took you out of it as yeah. well. Yeah, like the I logic so. wasn't there. Yeah, uh, that. So that's my worst scene. Okay, best scene. So I think I'm going to give it to. Can I give it to the entirety of them at Aunt May's house? In the lair, or no, in the living well. room. In the living room. Yeah. So they're when they're in the living room trying to figure out what to do is when they get ambushed by a bunch of kingpins, yeah. dumps like a truck, mm-hmm. trucks guys. But just before they get ambushed is when he's, he discovers the Rubik's, the Rubik's cube. cube. And he's okay. like, "Is this blue now? <laughs> <laughs> is it red now?" <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I like that fight scene too. That's a fun fight scene. Yeah, it is cool. So All I'm right, gonna we'll give, give it, it to, to Aunt May's house. Okay. And best scream. Well, you said there was really only one, right? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really even a scream. He just raised his voice, but it was a surprise attack. Yeah, all right. I guess that's really the only one. I mean, there's so many great lines. There's a really good lines. Do you want to give? Do you want to give best scream, Is and then like we a, can like have a best line? Yeah. What's the best? What do you got for best all lines? Right. We have. I like to drink egg cro- egg oh. creams, and I like to fight Nazis a lot. <laughs> Sometimes I let matches burn down to my fingertips just to feel something, anything. Hard boys, real biscuit boxers. <laughs> Uh, close off your feelings so that you avoid moral ambiguity. <laughs> we don't pick the ballroom. We just dance. I missed that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a good one. But I mean, um, I, I know the best line. Or unless you want to run through the rest of them real you quick. You hard-boiled turtle, turtle slapper. Is that all you got? Hardcore origin story. And that's the best, pretty much the it. best line is sometimes I like to let matches burn down, <laughs> burn down to my fingertips, fingertips just, just to, to feel, feel something. something. Anything. anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the best line. Of course. Oh, oh, yeah. Wherever I go, the wind follows and the wind smells like rain. Forgot Ooh, about that one, too. That's a close That's his second. first line. Hey, fellas. Hey, that's fellas. What he says. <laughs> close second. All close right. second. And finally, 
the most nouveau shamanic moment. For those of you who don't know, nouveau shamanism is Nicolas Cage's own form of acting, his own acting style. He will write a book about it one day. (laughs) And we'll be forced to read it because of this curse we live in. This is our reality. So it's hard to say what a most nouveau shamanic moment is because we usually give it to the wildest, most cagey acting choice. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to do that in an animated movie. So I, I think what I'll give it to is he doesn't he doesn't do his own Nicolas Cage voice. He adds that little Bogart inflection to it. But it still sounds like very It still cagey. sounds cagey, but it's very slightly different, yeah. which is I think the mark of a great voice actor. Yeah. Whereas you in You can tell who it is. Other voice acting things endeavors, that he's done. It's you been bad. Really atrocious. Oh, I'm Nicolas Cage. I'm I, a little bull rat. Or I know some, some people love that, but No. We're not into it. No. That's it, Han. Wow. We did it. We did it. We Number s- 95? That was n- 91 or 92. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I can't keep track. That was 91. Next Where week. Where are we ranking it, Steve? <gasps> I get to rank it. Steve okay. will rank it on wow. a scale. So to me, I, I had already actually thought about this. And I, and I will get your opinion because I think you might have an issue for where I would like to put it. So... To me, this is very similar. It's an animated version of Kick-Ass. It's yeah. a great movie. Nicolas Cage is a supporting character. However, in Kick-Ass, there are a lot more really cagey moments. So I was like, yeah. well, I'll put it right under Kick-Ass. Like right above? Yeah, I'll, I'll rank it just worse than Kick-Ass. Okay. We always struggle with... I know. The, it's... Yeah. Because... <laughs> the language. Yeah, because I write them one down to 92 or 91. Yeah. But ranking something low right. is usually a good Better. thing. Yeah, it's confusing. It's very confusing. Don't worry about it. Complicated. Okay. Thing. Just complicated stuff here. So Kick-Ass is number 11. Number 12 is Joe. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this movie deserves to be above Joe? I mean, Joe is a great movie in its own respect. Yeah. And so is this. So I don't... I think they're very difficult to compare. So I, I think it's... I, I feel comfortable with you putting it okay. at, at number 11. Or number 12. 12. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Number 12. Yeah. I mean, this is you. This, this is, is your me. option is here. I, I didn't want to get too egregious. The other 91 are me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get too egregious and put this in like, dare I say, the top 10 or top 5, because those too are going to be tough. Too greedy, you mean? Yeah. Those mean the same thing, do they not? Not at all. Uh. <laughs> egregious is bad outstandingly bad yeah i didn't want it to be outstandingly bad like i didn't want to be yeah i thought you meant like greedy well greedy but egregiously greedy (laughs) i didn't want to be egregiously greedy is what i meant okay okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you i also really spelled it wrong wow i did not know egregious started with the letter e what did you how did you spell it with With an an a A? yeah a g g is how i spelled it e g g e E g r -R, (laughs) anyway so i didn't want to get egregiously greedy and put it in the top 10 that's gonna be tough to crack the top 10 but maybe one day we'll get there yeah perhaps cool Wow, so that's going to do it, Han. That is going to do it, Steve. Oh my gosh. Would you like to lead us out? Yeah. Or do you have anything else to say before we do that? No. Watch this like movie. We, like we said, we have two copies of this. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. Steve's already read it. Spider-Man Noir, the complete collection. One is a drunk purchase. One was a sober purchase. <laughs> you get to choose which one you want. 
I don't know if you can even tell the difference between the two at this well, point. Well, I read one of them. So one of them has like, is like the covers a little bit bent and stuff like that. So. Is that the drunk one or the sober one? I read the sober one because <laughs> I discovered the drunk one like yesterday. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Anyway, regardless of whether you DM us for a copy, just know that we are here for you through Nick and Finn. Thanks everyone for listening. See you next time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>